0: Jack and I had uh, the, to, to steal a comic book term. Jack and I had very similar origin stories. I think one of the one of the reasons that we we connected so so quickly is, uh, you know, in the 1930s, Jack saw Rasmus Nielsen at the sideshow uh, swinging anvils, which I've been told were not maybe full weight. Maybe, maybe they were hollowed out. But uh, swinging, as
1: someone as someone who went to the gym right before we were recording, they were probably fake.
0: I'm going to say they were, but they were definitely fake. Um, I mean, they were they were really heavy. They just weren't really heavy. Um, yeah, Jack Jack saw him swinging, piercing, swinging weights off his piercings. Absolutely became fascinated. And in the 1950s, um, I think it was a he saw an article about a student at a rival college who had pierced his ear, or or very culturally insensitive, had his ears pierced by the gypsies um, when he was doing his his summer. Abroad or whatever. And Jack was like, We can't let this guy and this college get all this attention. So he convinced some of his fellows, and it was in mid 1950s, to pierce their ears, kind of caused the. Jack was born in Ohio. So it was probably someplace around there. He didn't move to DC until later. And, you know, there was this group of, of male college students in the 1950s who had pierced ears and you know, he had never really stopped thinking about Rasmus. I don't think he knew his name at the time. He did later find out who Rasmus was, but decided to use a darning needle to pierce his nipples. And I'm sure some of his fellows saw that in the context that he was hiding from his, his family and and he started piercing their nipples and that led him to discover other things that you could pierce. So he started kind of piercing underground in the fifties and didn't Start really doing it as a career until the 1980s when he retired his wife had passed away he didn't have to live under the constraints of you know pretending to be not to pretend he, lo- he loved his wife I mean I mean as a gay man myself who's married to a woman who I absolutely adore uh, another thing that Jack and I had in common I mean even when his <laughs> wife when his wife passed he had her wedding ring turned into his earring so she would always be with him you know he he wasn't I, I think I think, I think in conversations I had, I mean, keep in mind that I was 15 when I met him, that there was a lot of abstracts in the, th- the way we were discussed. But I think that his wife knew that he was gay. And it was one of those things like till you keep that stuff over here.
2: This I is something it. that comes up a lot. Like my, um, I've got a student at the moment working on a PhD about the, about the Beaumont society who are like, you know, they're, they're kind of very problematic in lots of ways, organization in Britain for, for, trans women largely but their whole thing you had to sign a thing to join the society, saying you were definitely a very straight guy who just liked wearing dresses you know and you weren't gay at all um, and of course it's a defense mechanism as much sure. as a kind of conceptual barrier but like yeah I think you know people didn't have the the conceptual language or the political space to have these serious conversations about how yeah. difficult and interesting sexuality and gender and life is right because it, it, they just didn't we're able to have those conversations at least not. it fascinates
0: me that anyone having met jack for more than a minute could think he was (laughs) (laughs) heterosexual i I remember my mom who clocked me as gay when i was probably eight she's like well is he though and i'm like mom like there's a giant there's a giant picture of a man with a boner in his living room there's like he's got naked dudes tattooed all over him and it's like, yeah, but like, and, but yeah, my mom also thought Liberace was just an act. So the <laughs> radar wasn't, wasn't great. So yeah. So, you know, Jack, he originally, it was mostly just piercings in the, in the night or the eighties. He started splitting his, his genitals and getting into the more surgical stuff that he became known for. But um, yeah, he was just a, a lovely, pleasant guy. Loved writing, you know, letters back in the day. Uh, he was a correspondent of pretty much everyone that we look up to, you know, he, he, he would send letters to Sebastian. He would visit Alan when they'd travel and all that. And he just—he was just this perfectly lovely man. Who I don't know. I mean, given the the, the overt sexuality of the stuff that he was into, I, I remember when I was younger, the younger piercing kids thought it was so cool that I spent my mid-teens at this like weird piercing place. And then, as as cultural norms have changed, now it's red flaggy that I was over at this this old man's house where everybody was naked and, you know, taking pictures of each other. But it was so banal. Yeah. You know, yeah, everyone's naked. Yeah, this guy's just getting his guiche pierced, but they're talking about collecting classic cars and what their favorite ice cream flavors <laughs> are. Like, there was never anything where I had to pause and be like, should I be here? Other than the obvious that, you know, I was a kid getting, a, you know, Tattooed, pierced, whatever. But I mean, you hate to use this as a as a defense. It was a different time. Yeah, you know, i especially- think I
2: mean, we, we had this is maybe an interesting segue or a, 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 a segue of some kind at least into like BME because I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about just being on the internet really early, like being on on newsnet and Rec Arts Body Art, which is I know you were involved with as well. Like I was fifteen as well when I got on there. I got a modem for my fifteenth birthday, and um. You know, we, we used to go to meetups when we were like 16, 17, and they were like 16, 17 year olds there. There weren't any like kids, kids there, but there were definitely 15 year olds there. And there were like people in their 50s and older. And it was a weird moment in time that it was just loads of weirdos who'd found a way to talk to each other. Like, yeah. they were definitely, I'm sure, look, I'm not going to sanitize it. There were definitely some fucking horrible people in, in every community. But like, a lot of my experience is the same as yours, Sean. And I know. Um, lots of people I've spoken to, even even not in the even not in the sexual bit, just the kind of being on the internet mm-hmm. bit of it. It was just this very weird moment in time. All of a sudden, where it was easier to meet people who were into things you were into, and it sort of initially didn't really matter that some people were in their twenties and some people were in their fifties. You know?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to what I was saying about the books. You know, like you had to be looking for it to find it. And I I think that, you know, now I'll, I'll go out shopping and you'll see a 17, 18 year old kid with facial tattoos and all that. Um, I, I obviously worry about them in a concern concerned <laughs> kind of way. But, you know, there's there's no you, your buddy can get a tattoo machine off Amazon.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: you, you, you every city has at least one really good tattooer. But let's be honest, they probably have. a a handful that you've never even heard of, but you see their work and it blows you away. Back then you, you you had to search it out. You had to find it. And you, I mean, I remember I grew up in a farm town when I started getting visibly heavily tattooed, I had my own security detail. As soon as I'd walk into Walmart or or the grocery store, I had a security guard assigned to me to follow me, you know, and I go back 20 years later and the security guards have tattoos on their neck.
1: But but this is what this is also I find it so funny because um one it's that kind of idea that over time eventually all extremities become the norm but it's also when <laughs> the area I live in in London when I get the tube to the place where I work in the studio uh, inevitably I'd say about fifty percent of the time on the tube I'm getting stared at by at least four or five older people and I have mm-hmm. like you know as Matt says I have tough guy tattoos so I just have like some nasty shit and it's just like it's weird that 30 years later those things haven't changed and it's probably people who are the same age as you know my parents or like around kind of your age and like would have been exposed to that sort of stuff in the late 90s early 2000s but it's still so wild to them well realistically I'm probably the age of your parents so let's just I'm 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 also plausibly
2: the age of your parents Tom so I
1: mean you're you're like four years older than my brother Matt no second, you're marriage, you're Irish. second marriage baby what can i say
2: yeah
0: i just i you know it was it was it was and I, i'm sure you, you 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 could have a punk podcast or you could have whatever and there's these these old guys like, it was such a special time it was just such yeah. a special time man it was so it was so rad new stuff was coming so quickly i mean i, I obviously i love higgs to this day but you know guy
2: hson man the yep. first, the first time hey, I saw, him. we are going to interview him on the podcast because
0: yeah, guys, guys, amazing. I, I don't know how comfortable he would be with me telling this story, but you know, I, I used to, I used to correspond with him because I was this weird kid who sent letters to everyone, and I was like, hey man, you know, when I get a when I when I turn eighteen, can I get tattooed? And he's like, well, you know, I tattoo in Chicago where I tattoo twenty one year olds because it's it's illegal to tattoo anyone under twenty one, and I tattoo eighteen year olds, so. Kind of when you can get tattooed by me, you can get tattooed by me, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and he said, you know, we, we were back and forth thing. And he's like, hey, I'm going to be tattooing in Florida, at the shop for bike week. Would you go up and make sure I'm not getting in over my head? You know, it's it's bikers, it's whatever. And, you know, I went up to that shop. I was 16 at the time just to kind of check it out to make sure that, you know, he doesn't come into the shop and they have a huge swastika flag behind them and, you know, tattooing in the South and the not in 90, 91, 92. And, you know, the first person I meet there was a, a guy named John Himmelstein, who John just did that really cool leather daddy drawing for us for, for sacred. I'm um, so, you know, 30 years later, still friendly with him. They turn out they're like really good shop. That's trying to like, they're a very biker shop, but they're trying to, you know, get younger people in a couple months later, I go up to get tattooed by a guy. I think I'm like 17 by this point. And the apprentice at the shop was Mike Wilson, you know, not even, not even tattooing yet. And it was just like I had an appointment middle of the day, and guy was like, "Hey, man, do you want to get tattooed later? Like, hang around all day, just kind of watch how this, you know, plays out." Bikers were coming up with just cash rolls, like, "You do me a wizard," you know? <laughs> and it was, you know, it was just you know, he was a couple of years older than me at the time, but he was still a kid, you know. And it was, it was just we 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 read that generation, we read the same comic books, you know, we watched the same movies, we we spoke the same language, and it was like, you know, think about what was big in ninety-two, you know, and then Guy comes along and it's HR Giger and End of the World and 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 it was so different than anything we had seen and everything seemed so cool. And I I see so many beautiful tattoos now, but nothing that I've seen in the last ten years has been this is going to change the way everything progresses, you know. And 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 back then that was Eddie Deutsch doing graffiti, that was Guy doing Biomac. That was Higgs taking the traditional footprint and just getting weird with it in ways that you know Hardy had done obviously but as like weird one-offs whereas Dan lived being this weird you know at the same shop with with Corbin who's doing these beautiful black and gray like nothing to me these days seems like it's going to be the thing that changes everything but